of Tuners. I'm Erin. I'm Victoria. I'm Hebeke. And this is Out, Out of Tune. <laughs> you guys are on episode five. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Wow. Yeah, what a journey we've been on. This is wild. <laughs> it's it been is. a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, tuning today was brought to you by a studio recording session at the Warner Brothers studio in LA, pretty sure. And I don't know, there was a lot of hustle and bustle with that and it kind of made me nostalgic and sad because I miss being in rehearsals. Me too. But like, I just like, like all the people like chit chatting mm, and yeah. it was just really cute. And I, it was like one of the first videos I found of tuning uh, when I just like searched orchestra tuning on YouTube. So if you want to do the same thing, you can see that video. It's in black and white. It's kind of cute. <laughs> and all of the comments are like, this sounds like the PS3 startup or whatever. And I was like, I don't know what that sounds like, but I just like yeah. the tuning. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. So for today's episode, we'll be talking about Amy Beach. Yeah. The first American woman composer who had yeah. any status. Um, and also one of the first, like, American composers in general. She, yeah, literally, like, actually true American <laughs> yeah. composer. That's so odd. Um, she lived from 1867 to 1944. And was born in New Hampshire. Yeah. We stand oh, in New Hampshire. It's, like, hey. it's so close to us, so too. Close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was super smart, like, able to sing before turning one, which is wild. <laughs> able to read before turning three. Again, what? <laughs> what? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know what I, I was know reading. I name when I was like, <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, maybe I did. I but... didn't know I was a human. <laughs> but also, I was reading that she had, like, an understanding of counterpoint mm -hmm. at the age of two, which, again, like, what? what? <laughs> Definitely a a prodigy, right, right. to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, I didn't know what counterpoint was until high school in right, my AP theory. Right. Shout yeah. out to my AP theory teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> but since she was a prodigy, uh, some agents proposed tours when they came to her recitals and everything, but her oh. parents declined. Which I thought was just an interesting fact, since normally, like, we hear about Mozart and Beethoven, yeah. and, like, how like, they tour. Yeah, they tour they, as they kids. They explore yeah. the kid, right? Yeah. yeah, and their parents would get money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that's interesting. So, it's a business. Right. But, also, another interesting fact um, that I came across was that she composed her first piano piece when she was four called Mama's Waltz. Very Aww. sweet. Which is really cute. Cute. There's a video of it, too. Wow. Um, I don't know if I, I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's really, it's good. It's very reminiscent or it reminds me of kind of like early Mozart yeah. compositions when he was a, when he was a child. Yeah. And she had piano and composition teachers as a kid, but also would like read or study any book she could find about composition. Hmm. Um, and Another interesting thing I found is that most aspiring American composers would go to study in Europe, uh, but since Beach was a woman, she was denied that experience. Oh uh, women gosh. at the time were viewed as intuitive rather than intelligent, so that huh. people didn't think they could understand the science of composition. Oh wow. Which is clearly untrue. Well, 
obviously, since we're all sitting here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, another interesting thing I thought, um, just about her upbringing a little bit, when she got in trouble, um, her parents would, like, her punishment was, like, her parents wouldn't allow her to play the piano. Oh. But in reality, they were helping a gal out because, um... She then learned how to, like, compose in her mind and learned how to not have to reference the piano. Yeah. Um, and so, also, another fun fact about her, she had perfect pitch and a super um, musical memory. Like, like not photographic, but, I don't know, she can remember a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, oh, A little yeah. bit of, of an update. Yeah, you can find Mama's Vaults on YouTube. Oh, cool. I yeah. love it. It's really good. I, I can't compose, so... And she did that when she was four, so... Um, super talented. <laughs> um, and then another thing was that she... Her formal training that she had... Just touching on what you talked about, Erin. She had, like, a year of, like, formal composition training when she was 14. Ooh. And then it's... Un- I didn't find out how long she, like, had taken piano lessons, but I did find out that she took from a pupil of Liszt... Wow. But it wasn't, like, for a long extended period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also really interesting, too. Yeah. Um, so I guess also, like, most of the compositions that she had were just, like, the result mm-hmm. of her, like, obsessive score study and just, like, her natural, like, intuitive yeah. mind wow. of composing. I, that's incredible. incredible. I wish I could do that. Yeah. And I wrote in my notes, like, she did literally everything herself since she didn't have that many teachers around her. Um, she just memorized the scores, which is just wild in and of itself. I wish I could do that. Yeah. And then at 18, she got married to a man who was, well, Mr. H.H.A. Beach. Dr. Was, H.H.A. Yeah. Beach. Who is older than her yeah, by like about... two decades. Yeah, two Gross. decades. That's, yeah. Whatever. So she had to sign, like, a marriage contract, pretty much, which reduced her work capacity to only two recitals per year with all those proceeds going to charity. And she was always listed on programs as Mrs. H.H.A. Beach, which I just find sad because it takes away, like, her, her whole I- first yeah, name. Like her, yeah, like, her identity is only associated with being his wife. Right. Yeah. Which is just... Nasty. Demeaning. Um, I don't like it. And plus, like, all of her accomplishments now are separated by, like, was she H.H.A. Beach at the time? Or, or Amy, Amy Beach. Beach. Or Amy Cheney. Or, or Amy Cheney. Cheney. That's true, too. Yeah. So it's probably harder to, you know, it's just yeah. one of those things. And it sucks because, like, for, like, some, like, career stipulations to be in a marriage vow slash marriage right. contract is completely absurd. Yeah. Right? Um, and I don't know, in my research I got a little confused because it seemed to be that the reason why she was, like, told not to perform was because her husband didn't want her to have this, like, public career and to be a concert pianist, Mm -hmm. and instead, like, wanted her to be home more. Yeah. And I guess kind of, like, um, be of, like, the wife role. the house, yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, but then I was reading some quotes about him, or that he said about her, and one of them was that he doesn't mind being the tail of her kite, or, you know, like, which I find... I was confused, <laughs> and I need 
someone to tell me what's going on here because mm. it just sounds like this like oppressive relationship that he was like stifling her talent. Yeah. And like we know she was super talented because like I think was she 17 when she first performed at yeah. the Boston Symphony? Yes. And and like I mean and her recitals started when she was 16. Right. So I don't know. It seems really I'm a little confused. It's very yeah, it's And very I confusing. think it must have to do with her like or maybe part I'm just speculating here. But maybe a part of her conservative upbringing mm-hmm. has a play in this mm-hmm. that she kind of just expected like th- this was expected of her to assume this this wife homemaker role mm-hmm. I guess um and that she may be not or I don't know didn't mind yeah, this? to make it even more confusing, I also agree with you, Victoria. Yeah. It was very confusing for me. At first, I thought that she was being totally oppressed. And then we had that. And then I also read that uh, this whole marriage condition was upon her willingness. So she was yeah. agreeing with that. And at first, I thought, well, she was probably, like, being forced to yeah, marry that's that. What I, that. and that's what I was also, like, led to believe but then, when learning about her. Yes, but then with all of these uh, other articles that you mentioned, it make, made me think that she might have, like, really agreed and really just, she chose that. Yeah, chose like, that. she was just fine with it. Yeah, which it's it makes it very confusing for and me. And then... Also, because even during her lifetime, she was regarded as this, like, symbol of women's progression and success in their field. And she didn't really ever address it or talk mm-hmm. publicly or even, mm-hmm. like, like even, I guess, talk about herself being that way. Was it during, like, her very early stages? Um. Yes, but I also think it was also during her success with her compositions. Yeah. I think it... It must probably coincide when the Boston Symphony oh. performed her, her mm-hmm. symphony, her yeah, Gaelic symphony. Mm-hmm. And that was also the first time the Boston Symphony had ever performed anything by a woman composer. So mm-hmm. that was probably huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it's still even talking about it is like huge. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I got confused or I was just like, there's something else going on. Because it just was painting like her husband to be this, like, oppressive person, but then you read some stuff and find out that he was supportive of her talent and he felt that having this public career of being a concert pianist would stifle her creativity and her mm. compositions. Which makes a lot of sense. Which does make a lot of sense, and then it also makes you question, like, oh, okay, if she was a concert pianist and she had this huge public career, would we have the compositions that we have today that are just so mm. incredible? That is a great so, point, yeah. Maybe he did her a favor. I don't know. But he also yeah. in the in the marriage contract vow whatever told or it was like a condition that she couldn't teach piano, which mm-hmm. I guess was popular at the time yeah. for a woman to do. And she mm-hmm. also couldn't have a composition teacher. Yeah, she couldn't take composition lessons. Okay, that which, is that is weird. Okay. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. but also I guess maybe he thought she didn't need one. But then we go back to the first question, like, why is this condition tied to the marriage? I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. Why because, does he need to tell her what to do? Yeah, right. because if if you're just, like, getting married and having your professional life and you just agree with your husband, well, I'm not going to teach, I'm not going to uh, 
perform because they want to focus on my compositions. Right. That's one thing. But then having like the marriage tied. Yeah. And also with the fact that he was so much older than her and mm. she was only 18 when she got married. It's I don't know. It's very much like a father telling their daughter not like, yeah. not like what you can and can't do. Yes. I don't like it. Not no, a fan. Me either. But I mean, well, during this time she she wrote her first co- she wrote her first composition and it was the first American or it was the first symphony that was wrote and published by a woman. Yes, by an American woman. Wow. Like, good for her. She did that. Historical woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing I got confused about was, (laughs) there's a lot of confusion. Yes, a lot of questions. (laughs) Was that she, after, after the symphony was premiered by the Boston Symphony, she then premiered her own piano concerto. Yeah. Like, she did it. Which then I was like, okay, wait, I thought she wasn't supposed to perform, but then maybe it was like one of the two recitals right. that she could do. Or it was a special or a special occasion. Or like was she her was birthday. Loud. I hate that. That she was like Yeah. Feels icky. It feels it's just it feels weird to me. I don't think it's fair. No. Um and, well, just skipping ahead a little bit, it goes with the fact that she right after the death of her husband, she went back yeah, to perform. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, like, she's back on the scene. So, it does look to me that yeah. she was being forced, and it was not like Maybe. her. But yeah. it also happens, like, in a short amount of time. Like, she's born in 1860. Right. 1867. 1867. <laughs> okay, yeah. I forgot. And then, <laughs> turn of the century, she, like, premieres her own piano concerto, and then ten years later, her husband dies. Oh, it was only for ten years. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> Only ten years. Wow, but wow. she was twenty eight then, or something like that. Like, wow, she was twenty eight. Wait, she what? Was... If she got married when she was eighteen, uh huh. How long was she? When did her husband die? I can't do that. Nineteen ten. Nineteen ten. He was. Oh, he was like sixty something. So she was forty something. Okay, uh, yeah. In nineteen ten, I have that in my notes that he was like okay. sixty something. Yeah. Fun fact, though. Do you guys know? How he died? I do not. Hmm. How? Uh, well, what is it? It like during my research, <gasps> I don't know. It just kept saying, once her husband died, she went a year later. She was back on the concert scene in mm. Europe and touring, mm. and I just was like, well, how did he die? I, I just I don't know. I wanted to like I was just kind of interested in his character. Mm. Like it's a story. Oh well, but but like I just was very fascinated in the role that he had in her life. And I just was curious, like, how, how did, did he that? die? Mm-hmm. And I found it. He fell down some stairs. Hmm. What? Like, <laughs> just, what? like, I remember reading that. I'd be like, huh. He, like fell, he, he just fell down just, some stairs. He just, he just fell like that. Yeah. And what? it said on a house call because he was a doctor. Interesting. But I just find that so interesting. Just... Yeah. Very curious. Hmm. People just Suspicious. don't fall down some stairs and die. I mean, <laughs> I don't know any. I mean, I've never heard of a case. Right? right? Isn't that just so interesting? He just he just went oh fall down some stairs and died. But then died. two months later he died. Two months later. Yeah, two fra- months. It's curious. What? So what? like, I just I thought what? that was interesting. I had to mention it. This is not a true crime podcast, but <laughs> um, I want to want to know more about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, very curious. Just something to think about, you guys. She definitely also blossomed a little after. 
Yeah, but it was also, I think also this time specifically was a huge time for her because 1910, her husband dies, and then I think 1911, her mother dies. Yeah. And then she's back on the scene. Mm -hmm. So. There was a lot of family. A lot of sadness (laughs) for her, maybe. Yes. I I won't say anything. (laughs) I just think it's, he fell down some stairs? Are you kidding? Whatever. <laughs> okay. No one just falls downstairs. Anyway, right. that's the last thing I'm saying about it. <laughs> um, but I guess she had some more freedom yes. than to go. And she went back to Europe. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like um, something that was mentioned in the research was that she was one of the first American composers who received European praise mm-hmm. and, and was it like oh. European audiences loved her. Mm-hmm. And she was... A composer that, an American composer who didn't actually study in Europe, which is interesting because everybody every American composer studies in Europe, or by some European dude, and everyone is concerned with finding the American sound. And at the beginning, it was totally produced by Dvorak, who was hired and brought over, imported from Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Which people praise it now as like kind of American. But it's like totally not American music. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's inspired by yeah. American music, but it's not. It's not like the true American. And heritage. I feel like while Amy Beach's music sounds like European music, it's really. I mean, she's you know we know that she was obsessive with score study, right. so obviously she was inspired by European composers, ide- yeah. Western European ideals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but it's actually something that is American yes. by an American, like just pure, totally American, with a, a significantly less influence mm-hmm. from Europe. Yeah, because she had to write it all on her own, and a lot of it was definitely her own Without creation. Any, yeah, any yeah. professors. So that brings me a question: hmm. comparing uh, Florence that we talked about like two hmm. weeks ago, who do you guys think has like the most what would you say looks like more American sound? Hmm. Because I, hmm. well, we were think we were talking that she yeah. didn't have any um, uh, like European formation, so right. you would definitely like say, well, she's then the true sound, uh, American sound, right. or we would I say, would, yeah, I would say Florence for but, me. Yeah, I, think, I feel like mm-hmm. she really she um, inserts her heritage. A yeah. lot within within her music, and I find it to be really powerful. Right, mm-hmm. Amy, while being like American through and through, has a lot of European ideals, mm-hmm. but also like she incorporates a lot of Irish tunes. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. which I mean, I'm not, I don't know her heritage, but probably, yeah, definitely probably from Europe Irish. at some point in her in her family. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, to me, like, the true, if we're talking about, like, American-sounding music would be Florence. Interesting. Yeah. But this yeah. also brings me to another question, too, mm-hmm. about when did you first hear of Amy Beach? Yeah, it was definitely, like, early undergrad. Somebody was, well, we were taught a little bit about her in music history. And yeah, we heard, too. like, the piece that we would use for listening quizzes was her uh, piano quintet yeah and you know we'd talk about her and we ended up playing one of her quartets so i heard about her in undergrad 
but yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. Yeah, for me, it was the same. It was in mm-hmm. the, we must have had like the same Norton anthology. Book. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, use that totally. One. Um, yeah, my professor, uh, I really loved, but he. I think also really loved Amy Beach. Mm-hmm. So we listened to, I think, the entire, maybe not the entire, but the Piano Quintet, um, which was my first introduction. I was definitely sophomore year. Um, and then there was other people in that class who were in my quintet and a pianist who was also in our year. And we ended up playing for Piano nice. Quintet, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go listen to it. Um, but I do remember it being kind of... Not a struggle, but a definite, like, we had to ask the professors, hey, can we play this? And they were kind of like, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not familiar. Hmm. Or it was, or like, oh, we'll, we'll let you know, I guess, to see if we were, even if we could do yeah, it. Uh-huh. Um, and I also remember we had to get the music, like, it wasn't in the library. Oh. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. interesting. But yeah. that was my first. Yeah, my yeah. first. I was also in undergrad. I remember very like I actually don't quite remember when, but I uh, I remember um, some friend of mine was playing something, but at the time I didn't even know it was she. Uh, so it was actually this year when a, f- a friend asked me uh, invited me to play her trio in a oh, a minor trio. Oh, so good. So I. I definitely heard more about her like this year yeah. and now with the podcast and all the research you guys did i i actually i'm getting to know her mm. but before that also because i think i'm brazilian <laughs> i didn't <laughs> oh no that totally, yeah. totally makes sense right. yeah but yeah and I also i do have to say though i felt kind of like us talking about her in music history was like checking off a box yeah yeah like being like, okay, we talked about mm-hmm. her. Let's move on. Right. And well, we have I, to, yeah, we have to say something about like, okay, let's just use this. Okay, let's uh-huh. move on. And like, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I did, definitely. And I remember being so captivated because I had never heard about her before. Mm. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but and I also wanted to bring up. So I read this really great New York Times article that was written for Amy Beach's 150th birthday in 2017. Mm. And it brought up a really great point about how even though we celebrate Amy Beach and she is praised as that American female composer of her time, she's still left out of the canon. And the his backing, this shocked me actually, his main you know, point that backs up his claim the BSO, who premiered the Gaelic Symphony, uh-huh. hasn't performed, or at least at the time the article was written, hadn't performed a work by Beach in about 100 years. What? Which is just, like, unacceptable. What? It's like... Wait, so the last time they played her was when they premiered? Or... Well, it what, might like, have been or a like little after. Or, like, in that time? Yeah. Oh, my God. During her lifetime, you know, like, after she's That's so... passed, you know, hasn't been played. Uh. That's rude. That it also makes so... no sense because, okay, <laughs> like, how many times do orchestras play, like, Beethoven 5? Or... So many. Right? What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or Brahms, or Tchaikovsky, or, any, or any Shostakovich, like, 5 yeah. and 10, or something. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, it's Well, this kind of sad. brings me to 
start talking a little bit about the end of her life. Mm -hmm. So she, like we were talking about, she like went back to Europe, was on a concert scene, and I think kind of stayed over there for a, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but then, LOL, not an LOL, um, <laughs> World War One happens. And so oh, she wow. was like, gotta leave, see ya. And the one of the articles I read kind of, I like stated that she like got one of the last votes back to the States. Mm -hmm. Not sure if that's true or if it was just like an exaggeration, mm -hmm. but... It must have been kind of last minute. Yeah. Um, and then when she was back here, she became the president of the Society for American Women Composers. Yes. Mm. Great. Which is great because, wow. I don't know, previous research we were doing was like, oh, she didn't want to be this person to represent right. being like a pioneer for mm -hmm. being a female composer, but now she's the president. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Something changed. Something changed, maybe? Right. Well... Nobody's perfect. <laughs> um, I feel, when I was reading some controversial things about her political views, at first I was like, should I talk about this? But then I was like, yeah, we should talk about it. Because I I feel like there's been a recent conversation um, among it, like, around surrounding education about us receiving kind of censored history um, in schools, and it's oh. mostly, like, yay America history and mm. not all of American right. history. Mm. And I think there is a movement now to to change that, and I feel like, okay, we shouldn't have a censored Amy Beach history. Mm. I see. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, her political views are a little weird. <laughs> she praised Germany after World War One. Yikes. Ooh. That's a big yank. Uh, and I was a little confused. But then it's credited in one of the articles that I was reading that the reason she was doing that was because she didn't want German music and culture to disappear in the States. Which it never will. It literally would have never done that. Like, it's not an ah, excuse. Hello. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like in the States it wasn't an issue. At least yeah. I don't think it was. I, don't, I could be totally wrong. Maybe in Europe it was. But... It's terrible. It's still not, like, like what? Yeah, it's not <laughs> don't get like, it. It's, it's I mean, confused. like Nazi Germany is a lot different from Germany when Bach was. That's true. So like, there's a little bit of a disconnect. There's like, a complete disconnect. Yeah. Like you can still condemn Nazi Germany without. Right. And, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need to get rid of Bach just because you're condemning Nazi. Because he's German. Like, yeah. What doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make any no. sense. But that was the reason that was said. I'm not sure if that's completely 100% true. Someone fact check that for me, please. But um, yeah. that's what I read. And then yeah. another thing that I found was that she was a fan of Mussolini. Mm. Another yike. Mm -hmm. okay. But then I had to think about kind of the context. And, and also kind of similar. I mean, okay, so at the time, like she had some friends in Rome and they didn't know Mussolini was necessarily, like, the terrible human being that he actually was mm. at the time. Mm. So, I guess it gives us an explanation of why she was a fan of Mussolini. And then we also, like, think about Hitler, like, later in history. Like, yeah. people didn't necessarily know he was this terrible person who's going to, you know, Become. do yeah. what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, there's not an excuse, but an explanation. Right. Um... But he, she also, uh, it was somewhere else in the article about how she 
had agreed to play piano for, for Mussolini, but then it never actually ended up happening. Okay. Thank God. Okay. So, like, <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so after that kind of all happens, she, she got older and she had some health problems. And so she was performing like less and less. And then she ended up dying. In 1944, when, mm. and I was like, wow, that wasn't really that long ago, like, yeah, 80 it's... years, wow, almost, right. and I mean, I think, like, my, my, my grandparents, like, were, you know, my oldest grandparents were born in 1929, so, like, they were alive when Amy Beach was alive, oh, yeah, which is also kind of trippy, um, because I definitely think of her to be, like, older, like, right. long ago, yeah, but she really wasn't that long ago, um, oh. And then I was trying to figure out, well, I, some, they were kind of, um, describing what her career was like and in this article and how the, most of the money that she made was from popular music, like songs and mm. stuff. And then, yeah, um, her symphonies were not really, like, her symphony was not really being played. So, yeah, yeah. And they were saying that why she, like, after her death, why she fell into obscurity hmm. was credited to the reason that she didn't compose a lot of like like she only composed one symphony hmm. and she only composed one opera and she didn't compose a lot of chamber works and that was the reason why they were saying that she kind of like was forgotten about for a little bit which reminds me a little bit of uh, price right. there was like a similar story right yeah mm-hmm. she was like oh yes we forgot about her because she didn't compose what was it uh, yeah or yeah. Yeah. like yeah, literally the same like, the same situation things. which yes. also again doesn't make any sense, sense. no, <laughs> no <I laughs> because like, the real reason is because she was a woman like, yes. let's yes. put it out there right. um yeah and i it's so uh, it's annoying to read it sometimes because yeah. i'm just kind of like no that's not the reason person yeah. who's a, probably I, a male writing this, writing, yeah <laughs> writing this article um, we already have been not playing her for like a lot of years. Yeah. You, you still want to write like a, something that is not true about her? Mm-hmm. Just at least write something that is true. And oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So, and then obviously recently there's been a movement slash revival of recognizing female composers, which I think I was reading like in the 60s happened at first. And now her her music has been performed yeah not regularly hmm. but more but more, more um since then which is yeah. good and we, yeah we hope that her music gets to be performed more and more right yeah. yes and listen to it so yeah. good you guys mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. all in all even though she's not perfect no one is no one is <laughs> We stand Amy Beach. Yes. Yeah, totally. Just a side note, um, most of our biography is written by Adrian Freed Block, which is also um um woman writer woman and oh, good. she's from New York and she has a great research on Amy Beach. And after a while she left college and started to study music. So she actually has a music major, which cool. is oh, really wow. cool. Yeah, just a side note about another great yeah, woman that. that researched and a woman too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, 
elaborating a little bit on the nobody's perfect <laughs> topic of conversation that we had. Yeah. Let's talk about some concerts that we have experienced oh that were not perfect. Great segue. What a great segue. Wow. wow. I'm so proud of myself. That's something I get kind of nervous about. I was like, how are we going to go from topic to topic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so I've got a juicy one. Uh, for context, my school had a, like a, this was undergrad. We had like a string quartet scholarship program. So I was in the scholarship string quartet this year and we worked together all the time and we were also principals of the like sections in orchestra. And in this particular year, this was actually like pretty recent, a year or two ago, we were doing the Messiah. Ooh. And Ugh. so I'll start with rehearsals. <laughs> I mean, it's a great place, but it's a workout. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of notes. And yeah, you have stressful. to pay attention. Yes. And then you're just exhausted by the end. Sorry to butt in, but I'm You sorry. have to pay attention. <laughs> you went, oh, I was like, Ugh. Yeah. Weirdly, we did it twice played. in the time that I was there. Oh, the first time I was like up in the violin section, so it was like no Ooh. big deal. Second time though, I was principal principal viola, so like slightly bigger deal. Wow. <laughs> um, but it just hurts me. I feel sore already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we. So I'll start with rehearsals. We got a list of like which movements we were actually playing because usually people cut out a couple. Yeah. Um, Unless it's like a church, right? Like, a church like, you know, like thing mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the list was wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like we would, Ow. the way it operated was we would work with our orchestra conductor for a little bit. And then like w once we got closer, we'd work with the choir director since he was like actually oh, in charge. Yeah. But you know, we just you know, had to make up for time anyway. <laughs> it was fine until we started working with the choir director and it turns out the choir director had a completely different list. <laughs> so our list was wrong. And there were communication errors. Yeah. Gosh. So there were things that I had not practiced we had not rehearsed that were actually on the program and we just didn't oh know gosh. which is great oh, wow. and one of those was like it's i'm pretty sure it's number 11 which is like wicked hard so the viola part is playing like legitimately in unison with the violins what? and it's like up, oh, yeah. up on okay. the E string. So violas are like in the stratosphere. Yeah, so we're like playing pretty high, especially for being in unison. Oh my gosh. And like at the time, I hadn't, I've only been playing viola for a little while, and at the time it was like half as much time as I've been doing it now. And I'm a bad sight reader. So <laughs> this was like a nightmare for me. And me and my oh, stand partner had actually, yeah. And we had actually been joking about like how hard number eleven looked, and like, haha, glad we're not playing that oh, one. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was like a solo one too. Oh. So it was just me and my quartet sight reading this really hard movement, oh and I was just like, when the choir director said like okay number 11 i was like what do you mean number 11 like it's not in the like, list oh, funny joke <laughs> yeah like but that's not, we're not playing that one and he's like no we're playing that one and i'm like it's not on the list like i i wasn't able to practice it because it wasn't on the list <laughs> and he's like okay well we're gonna read it now and i'm like what? screw yeah, you like, i'm gonna read it yeah now, that's gonna keyword. sound bad read? 
oh, for the first time. I would have left. I would have yeah. okay. Bye. You're I right. wish I did, honestly, because I was really upset. Because I oh. played it really bad, and it ended looking yeah. bad on me. Yeah. In front of, like, the choir and all that stuff. Even though, like, probably everyone was like, wow, they messed up. But not yeah. you, like, the conductors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I did end up going to my orchestra director and saying, like, they totally gave us the wrong list, so I couldn't even prepare correctly. Like, it was just, it's just embarrassing. Like, yeah, no. I can't. It's total, yeah. But yeah, and then the concert rolls around, and like, it was, the preparation was just not good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this part was my fault. So, all the principals, we know each other, we work in quartets together, and there was a moment, like, in one of the easier movements, you know, nothing, not a big deal, where I just looked up at Anne, the concertmaster, and like, the violinist in my quartet, just to like, you know, you look up sometimes and like make yeah. eye contact. You either like smile or you're like, help yeah. me. At an entrance. And it was like <laughs> just the entrance where we come in in the piece. And like, we were both secure. But when we looked up at each other, it was like, we got like confused and <laughs> oh. lost. Oh no. Just oh, from looking at oh, each no. other. Which is like so sad because we were both like ready to go, like normal yeah. day. Uh-huh. But that, and then we were totally lost and we found our way back, but it was just like so stupid. Oh, but even worse is like I think it was number 18, one of those weird russet movements. Mm. Oh, and the soloist, like, a wasn't doing that great of a job, and the conductor hadn't rehearsed this movement a lot, what? it had gone poorly in rehearsal. Russet movements, you need like all the coordination, yes, you can get. yeah. Like, just... Practicing yes. like transitions or yeah. waiting for the singer to do something right. and yeah. then you change. And it had mostly just been brushed off and oh like uh, an issue for another day. But it was not an issue for another day. It turns out like we couldn't follow the conductor's cue and the neither could the singer, I don't like. think. So we had to restart it. Like <gasps> I think it was what? twice. Twice? What? It was just ridiculous. I mean, I don't, like, the audience definitely didn't know what was going on. Honestly, no audience would. They'd no. Be like, wow, that's some funky things going there. Or they'd be like, oh, that was so cool. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that before. And you won't ever again. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it oh was gosh. just disappointing and, like, pretty embarrassing oh. as a group. Because, oh, especially yeah. since a lot of it, like, some of it was, of course, my fault, and like we're all students, we mess up a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, the director nobody's could have been perfect. <laughs> nobody's bringing perfect. it full circle. Here. Yeah, yeah. But the director, I think, definitely could have been like more on top of it. I see. Yeah. Better yes. communication. Yeah. Number eleven. Yes. No number eleven. Yeah. Well, but yeah, so that's that. My story experience. It's very similar to yours, Erin. There's a little bit of a backstory, a little fun uh, backstory, I guess. We were, overall, the piece was uh, Brahms Requiem. Uh, I think, was I a junior? I think I was a junior. And this was like a huge production Mm -hmm. that we were doing, like all of the choir, like literally any singer in the Penn State School of Music was in this performance. And then it was pretty much also any string player because it was it's always like you need a huge orchestra for right. the requiem. And I actually didn't go to the dress rehearsal because my best friend, shout out to Ricky, hi Ricky, um, <laughs> is a drag queen, and there was a drag competition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
huge, like a huge one. And Ricky actually ended up winning. So wow, yay, bonsai bucket, Ricky. it's okay. <laughs> and I, I, it was fine, like that I missed rehearsal because, like, who needs one, one less violin, one like, yeah. come on, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not holding the thing together. <laughs> um, and my, I talked to my conductor, and it was like totally fine. Um, and, but I like missed like the whole run through. But I didn't, I didn't necessarily miss, like, like, we had rehearsed smaller rehearsals in the hall with everyone, so I didn't feel super, like, uncomfortable about missing the dress rehearsal, because it's like, I've experienced, like, I know Mm -hmm. what it sounds like to be, like, on a portable stage, like, practically sitting in, on top of the audience. Uh So I wasn't too nervous about it, I was like, it'll be fine, like, whatever. And... The, and I also, like, the conductor was actually the choral conductor conducting everyone oh. and not the orchestral conductor. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, like, I I was used to him conducting and it was fine. But when I got to the concert, like, you know, hour ahead, everyone's kind of a little on edge. And I, the vibes just were not, they weren't <laughs> great. <laughs> they were off. Something was happening. And I asked my stand partner, and I was like, hey, like, what's what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, there was a couple mess-ups last night, you know, in the run-through, and, you know, some cues were off. And oh. he goes, and, and my stand partner was just like, I think it's just, like, people are nervous. Like, yeah. whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was just like, yeah, it's going to be great, guys. <laughs> like, no problem. Because, like, I had not experienced yeah. the little, the little mess-ups, in other words. And um, so... We get to the concert, everyone's in there, you know, the concert, you know, dress and whatever. Uh And I remember we started and it was fine. And the first violins, like you sit there kind of a long time and you don't do anything. And I think I cannot, I may be wrong about this. I think I maybe had started playing or something, but I noticed that the tenors didn't come in at the right time. Mm-hmm. on their uh, on their first entrance Ooh. and everyone is like doing like big eyes at each other where like you're you're like okay something's not correct <laughs> oh, but everyone's yeah. just like looking at each other like out of the corner of their eye i'm just sitting there like okay it's gonna be fine like brown circle in the beginning sounds kind of weird and funky anyway so yeah. it was just even a little bit more funkier uh-huh. and the general okay. audience would have no idea right. that it was happening. Uh-huh. But from what I understand, the choir members will probably tell you a different story, but the orchestra <laughs> members know what actually happened. <laughs> I still know this to this day. That the conductor, the choral conductor, did not cue the tenors in mm-hmm. um, at all. And oh. the, I think the tenors are, were so used to, to getting a cue from him yeah. that when he didn't cue them in, they were just like, uh, uh, d- 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 uh, okay. Yeah. And then they came in in the wrong place. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So, and you know how orchestra players are, mm-hmm. especially I feel like string players. I don't know. In my experience, like if you're in a quartet and you get off, you always have like you always have like a reference point yeah. at some yeah. place. And we had one where like you always like start like if like there was a spot in rehearsal oh start at rehearsal that was like a continuous spot or yeah. repeated yeah. spot that you would rehearse and it was coming up, and the cellists had like the same part as the tenors and so they knew like okay we can get back on at this spot like it's mm-hmm. gonna be fine and I remember I remember seeing the principal cellist like look back and like say something. Mm-hmm. 
and the cellist oh like were like passing it back and it was gonna be fine it was totally gonna be fine that's so tense yeah it was it was and i remember miguel shout out to miguel he was the principal cellist at the time and he i i remember him like really looking at the conductor like okay it's it's like we're gonna get back on and then the conductor stopped. What? <laughs> he stopped right before. Oh my god! It was about to. It was gonna be fine. Oh totally no. gonna be fine. And the conductor turned around Ooh. and said, "Sorry, we're gonna start over." <gasps> turned back and we started over, and it was completely oh fine. My god. Um, but wow, oh <laughs> I just remember god. I had never been in a concert before where, where I had or had been in something that had to start over. Yeah, oh that's gosh. so cringe. It's so cringe, but also like no one would have known if you just would have waited like <laughs> two more beats. Yeah. Literally, it was like right. We were getting right oh, to the bar where it was going to be completely lined up. Everything was going to be fine. And he stopped, and I just remember being like, I think my mouth dropped open. Yeah. Friends in the audience, if you're listening to this, please confirm. Um, <laughs> but I just, I remember being like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. And then, I don't know, it's also kind of funny. Uh, there is a Brahms curse at Penn State <laughs> School of Music. Apparently, I wasn't there at this time, but apparently a couple years before I was there, they had to restart a Brahms symphony. Mm. And then now... I experienced having to restart a Brahms Requiem, so there's a Brahms curse. Um, no more Brahms. Yeah, don't do Brahms, guys. <laughs> Watch out for Brahms. Swap them out for Beach. <laughs> <laughs> do Amy Beach instead. Yeah. yeah. Have a better option. Um, but yeah, so wow. that's my story. I don't regret anything. I don't remember. I don't regret it. <laughs> I regret missing the rehearsal. Oh my gosh, I think it would turn red. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well. My story was not exactly during the concert, was okay. before. Mm. <laughs> so it was my first year on that orchestra. And my orchestra was like uh, the youth orchestra of the professional mm-hmm. one at the theater. So sometimes the professional one, they would like ask us for to substitute someone in the orchestra, which cool. was great. It wow, was a really yeah. nice experience. That's great. And we were doing Un Loming Saw from Camargo Guarnieri, and it was like really nice opera, Portuguese opera, which was <laughs> really funny to listen to. I don't know. I think it's funny to listen to Portuguese <laughs> yeah. operas. Anyways, and we had like two weeks in a row of performances every other day, and everything was going okay. It was like being... It was a great experience. Oh, yeah. One of the days. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. One of the days, the performances, the singer, uh, one of one of his entrances, he would, like, come from, uh, from a stair mm. to the stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And there was this huge clock on the, like, on the background of the stage. Oh. But uh, at the moment, he was going uh, down the stairs. And he was uh, like starting to sing. The clock just fell down oh, right before where he was like seconds ago. Oh my gosh! And it was terrifying. It, That's a horror movie. It made such a like huge noise. I just I remember like listening to the audience like <gasps> gasping, and everybody was like, oh, "I tried to see, but we were on the field. We couldn't uh, really you, like, see. Can't see anything." But I heard, and then later I like heard this story. It was so. It was like so weird it was really everybody was really afraid but 
he was fine. The yeah. singer was fine. Oh, yeah. Well, but back back to my main story. I was uh, I I remember I lived very close to the theater and but I would always try to get like very early mm-hmm. to yeah. in the theater before the uh, concert yeah. just in case yeah. because São Paulo has a crazy traffic and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, but I would go by subway and I remember that day I was like maybe two hours early like two hours before mm-hmm. the concert a huge amount of time and I would just get there in like 30 minutes max so I I went to the subway and there was this huge line at first I looked at those line I was like okay okay that's fine <laughs> okay that's what fine I mean, to say like this is good yeah <laughs> okay gonna fine. it's gonna be fine I have like two hours sure right I, I mean if I went walking I would have taking like 30 minutes mm. so i said no that's fine i don't want to get like all sweat and yeah, dirty yeah. right so i waited on the line for like 40 minutes and i was still not Gosh. in the subway and like in the subway car and i was starting to get a little bit nervous and the time was passing by and there was not that many stations it was i remember it was like eight stations or even less it was very close by subway but there, I would have still to, like, get out the station and still walk for, like, 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. So, I remember I was, like, taking a lot of time in because it was not, like, it's just, it was a mal- um, function in the... Mm-hmm. uh like something function. went wrong. Something went wrong with the subway, I don't know what happened. And uh, there was so many people in the car, everything was so cramped. It was, like... It was really annoying and I was like super desperate because time was passing by and I remember it was like half half an hour to the concert and I was still on the subway and I was calling my friends like hi this is happening here I'm I am right here I'm trying to get there but I don't know if I'm gonna do I don't know what should I do and while I was talking on the phone, everybody was listening, of course, because everybody was, like, around me. And they kind of tried to help me. So they said, oh, try to go in this station and and go in this street and then oh, turn that. Oh, helped you? Yeah. So it was, it was so really awesome. nice. I feel like if yeah. it happened, like, in a city here, they'd just be like, okay. Okay. No, <laughs> like, they were... Sounds they were, like a personal problem. They, it sounds like a... I was, I, I was... I think I was crying. I was oh, almost crying because God. it was... That's so stressful. I was, like... I think I was 18, 19. Mm-hmm. I was a baby. I was playing with a like professional orchestra was like a huge thing for me it's still a huge thing for me yeah (laughs) but at that moment it was like the thing and i so i get out of the station and i ran i ran i ran (laughs) for my life i ran with my violin i remember i got in the pit three minutes before the concert guys it was amazing it was like superwoman. We have this yeah. this expression in Portuguese that says like I had my hearts in my hands because <laughs> it <laughs> fell off my like yeah, <laughs> it was like in like, my hands. Yeah. Oh my god. And I I remember my friends telling me like oh thank God you you got here because I don't know what would have happened if you weren't here. <laughs> like I, I don't know if you would. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I well I was in the orchestra for some years later, but I never. God, they never called me to do that again. Oh, <laughs> well, I I think it's fine. I never got to get late again, right? Yeah. That's true. Aww. But yes, 
it was I will never forget that it was my most the adventurous experience of almost getting late oh, it's so I'm, scary yes. it's so scary and I was only the last uh, stand in the second violin I was not it was not yeah. a big deal but still <laughs> yeah well Rebecca well what is our Portuguese word of the day oh yeah so for some special events that we had this week <laughs> our Portuguese word of the day is sorvete Cerveche. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> what does it mean? It means ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Oh, Cerveche. Is Cerveche. Where is the emphasis there? Cerveche. Oh, in the middle. Ugh, in the middle. Throwing us a curveball here. <laughs> wow. Cerveche. Well, you guys, you're sounding so good. We look so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we always like to like laugh. We're like we're conducting. Cerveche. <laughs> Almost feels like I've heard you guys saying this word before. Mm. I don't know. I wonder. Yes. This is I wonder. Just so I wonder. natural. Wow. <laughs> well, how was your Tuesday this week, you guys? Yeah. Mine was good. <laughs> I love Ooh. that. It was, I mean, the highs were very high. Uh -huh. The lows, I guess, like, in looking back, they weren't that low. But melodramatic me was, like, I'm dying. Yes. <laughs> but the highs were very good. Um, I won't go into detail. <laughs> oh, wow. She's being coy, everyone. Oh. <laughs> I love that. First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it, yeah. Things have just been going good. My lessons are good. Oh, we're nice. settled. That's but, yeah. awesome. I'll give it a 9.5. Wow. 9.5? 9.5. That's. That must have been a really good week. Wow. I'm so happy for it. you. Okay. Wow. Yeah, well, um, my week was also kind of good, too. Nice. I had a birthday this past Wednesday, which you guys Ooh. obviously don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was good. I feel like I was more on top of my work, if good. that makes sense. Mm. I always feel like, I don't know, it gets to this point in the semester, and I feel like I'm just, like, doing things on time. Yeah. Like, oh. it's like, I have to jump to the next thing, and, like, it'll be due really soon, and I need to finish it now. Mm -hmm. I I don't, to me, it feels last minute. It's really not. But, yeah, anyway. Um, but in preparation for my birthday, because I did not want to do a single thing. Yeah. I wanted to do nothing. <laughs> nothing sounded really good to me. Mm. Um, and so I prepared some things that were due on Wednesday, like, early. Nice. And I did them earlier, which was very nice. Yeah, so I felt a little bit more nice. on top of things. Um, but yeah, it was very nice. Uh, I had a really good birthday. Mm. We got some food. We got yeah. some ice cream. Yes. <laughs> Cheese. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. Woo. Wow. 9 out of 10. It was a, it was a good week. Good. 24 is going to be good, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So my good. week was starting pretty good. And I think it was kind of yours, like yours, Erin. I had it like pretty high goods and some bad lows too, of course. But um, it was overall really good. Oh. Yesterday I had acupuncture. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Thursdays amazing. are one of my favorites. Thursday and Friday. <laughs> and yesterday was such a nice. Thursdays are always like so Thursdays sunny. Are great. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love Thursdays. And Fridays here with you guys, mm -hmm. of course. with you for, uh, out of tuners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And I think I will give it an 8. It was pretty Amazing. good. That's a good one. 8, 9, and 9.5. Wow. wow. We're just going up. We're going yes, up. Just watch. Guess. Going up. It's going to be like 2. <laughs> All, All the, the way, way up. up. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Oh I didn't know that, I swear. <laughs> um, That's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm so yeah. happy about that for us. Well, guys, we're here in our fifth episode. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in yeah thanks for tuning <laughs> in. in also tune in every saturday sorry morning. i couldn't quite hear you oh, could you please repeat what you said guys that was a blooper our first blooper <laughs> of course we can repeat what we said every <laughs> saturday, saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well that was interesting <laughs> yeah siri i can repeat what i said every saturday tune in um for a new episode we yeah. really feel very thankful and have a lot of gratitude about everyone listening. And oh yes, yes. thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Well, this has been out, out of tune. Of tune. <laughs>